moment and pray. Father, thank you um, that you're meeting us in this moment. And this moment is different because, Lord, we're searching and we're seeking for the things you want to speak and do. And you've met us in a time of praise and adoration. You meet us in your word, which is living and true. A word that pierces through the heart, Lord. Lord, we thank you that you meet us at your altar in the breaking of the bread. So, Lord, meet us now, wherever we are in this moment. Whatever's going on in our life, Lord, we ask that you meet us today, maybe different than yesterday, so that we can be transformed and leave different from the way we came in. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We read in today's gospel, and really the theme there is something we're familiar with. We proclaim in the Eucharistic prayer, which is the mystery of faith. We say, Christ has died. Christ will come again. And the reality of that come again is, is, or the theme is this preparedness. And what we see about the five with the oil, five without the oil, that, that there was a preparedness and a readiness for Christ's return. And as Christians, we should be living out daily in that readiness and that preparedness. But to live that out, we have to have hope. And the five who didn't have the oil could have had hope that somehow the oil would come in in the time that they needed, but they weren't prepared. And they had the wrong kind of hope. And, and we're called to have this hope in Christ. And, and what is that hope about? What is, what is hope and where does it come from? And the question we have to ask, is my hope wishful or is my hope certain? Because there's a difference. See, a hope that is wishful is a hope that says, I hope I win the lottery. <laughs> That's wishful. It's wishful because you have a better chance, honestly, of being struck by lightning than winning the lottery. It's true. They say now you have a better chance of going to the moon than winning the lottery. But I hope I win that lottery. I hope I get more likes on my social media. I hope I meet the person of my dreams. I hope I get a raise at my job. I hope the Jets would actually win a game this season. It's wishful. As there's this wishfulness in that. And when we use hope as a wish, the outcome is unlikely. That's the reality of that. Hope as a wish comes from a strength from within, not from a strength or a power from above. And Christian hope is not optimism. It's not being optimistic. We, we look at the word, well, you know, I have a good feeling about that. And, and I'm optimistic. I'm a half full guy. I'm silver linings. I, I live out that world. Everyone's like, you know, it's all falling apart. I'm like, no, it's going to be great. I have that spirit. I'm so grateful because the other choice is being a pessimist. And I, I enjoy being an optimist. I enjoy my denial. I enjoy that place where I can go. And, and the word optimism comes from a Latin word, which is optimum, like the cable carrier. And optimum <laughs> What it means in Latin is best thing. So someone should call Optimum and tell them they're not. That, that is not really... Ha I'm so glad I saved $7 a month for bad reception, you know? But that's what they get the name. It's the best thing. And, and optimism is what you can control. Hope is losing control and trusting God. And there's a difference in that. And how desperately we need... That hope. Romans 5 5 says, Now hope does not what, church? Disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, Christian hope is certain. 
It's based on God's love for us and his promises to us. Hope is the confident expectation of what God has promised. And a strength, its strength, is in his faithfulness, not ours. See, I'm so grateful for God's faithfulness to me because I am not that faithful to him. But he's been faithful to me. And my strength is built on his faithfulness, his righteousness. Lord have mercy, not my faithfulness and my righteousness. But I respond with that because of what he's done. And when we have hope in Christ, what happens is as a result of that hope, that certain hope, what it'll do is it turns our fear into faith, our panic into prayer, and our worry into worship. It transforms us as a result of what that hope is. And there's seven promises of God and why we should have hope or why I have hope. Because he gives us a promise. And the promise is certain. I'm going to share with you those seven promises. First promise is, I will be with you. That the Lord promises he will be with us. That the desire of God's heart is to be in communion with his creation. That he created you and shaped you and molded you in his image. Then he calls you to be in communion, in, that, in fellowship, in relationship. He's a personal God. And that's why he would be with us. And that's why he is with us. And he promises to be with us. God promises to be with us. Through the good, the bad, and the ugly, God is with us. And, and the truth is that some people have abandoned us, haven't they? And we've abandoned ourselves in many ways. But the thing that is certain is God hasn't. And that's a promise. That's a promise that's made to us, that I'll be with you. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of what? Good courage. Do not fear, nor be afraid of them. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you, nor what? Forsake you. He promises, I will be with you. We can have hope because of that promise, I'll be with you. Number two, I will protect you. The Lord promises to protect us from the schemes of the enemy. That the Lord goes before us and he protects us from those life dangers. That he prepares a way in any circumstance to lead us through our despair. That he prepares that way. That he gives us that promise to hold on to that I will protect you. And 2 Thessalonians 3.3 says, But the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. The Lord is faithful. And we rely on his faithfulness to us. And because he's been faithful to us, in return, we can be faithful to him. And we return with that faithfulness and recognize that he will protect us. The third thing is I will be your strength. That there's a promise that he will be the strength in our life. See, it's only when we admit our powerlessness that we actually become powerful. That's in the moment that we become powerful. Because prior to that, we tried to do everything in our own power. We tried to do everything in our own strength. You know, there's a moment in my life where I searched for everything to make me powerful. And my conclusion was, I had absolutely no power. My conclusion was to surrender and let him be the power in my life. See, it's when we become overwhelmed by things in this life and then we're confronted in our weaknesses that we're brought to a breaking point. And I am so grateful for that breaking point because it became a point where I realized it could be his strength, not mine. 
And I'm going to let you know a little secret. You ready? His power is not just some ordinary power. See, we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against what? Powers and principalities. That's why his power is a supernatural power. His power is an extraordinary power. And when you get his power in your life, not only is he with you, but you begin to understand how he's leading you. You begin to get through those circumstances because it's his power in your life that leads you through a time of despair. It's his strength that comes in our life. 2 Corinthians 12.10 says, Therefore I take, Paul says, I take pleasure in my infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecution, in distress, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, what? I'm strong. That he becomes that strength and he promises that strength that I will strengthen you. And Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things, what? Through Christ who strengthens me. I become powerless so he can become the power in my life. And I surrender those things and he strengthens me. Fourth, I will answer you. That's a promise. And the reason I have hope because God says, I will answer you. The Lord will always answer our requests. The problem is we may not like his response. But he'll always answer our requests. It's a promise. Three things. He says yes, no, and what? Wait. Those are three. Not four or five Three things, that, but, but, but that he'll always answer our request, that he'll always respond in that moment. And it's through prayer and that relationship that we build with the Lord and that we begin to learn to trust that the Father knows best. That he will answer, and we begin to trust through that relationship with who he is. And it's just like parenting. We have three responses with our children when you're parenting them. You say yes, no, and wait. It's that same way because I know best. Well, he knows best, and he will answer, and that's a promise. But we have to be ready for the response that he'll give us and prepared for that response. You know, um, I was young in the Lord and, and maybe more zealous than I am now. I don't know. I like to think I'm still zealous for the Lord, and, but coming before the Lord with those prayers and requests, and I remember we, we needed a car blessing to start happening in our life because we were taking seminary classes and, and living in my folks' basement and just trying to figure out God's call in our life to serve him in ministry and what that would look like, and I was poor, poor, like poor, poor, poor. And, and any car would be a good car in that case. And uh, in, when I was uh, in high school in 1988, my dad got a brand new caravan. And that was like a box, it was like a, just a square. They're not as fancy, they're fancy now. Now they're, they're sleek. Then it was not so cool. And it was a box. And that's why I got to drive to high school, that box. <laughs> and you don't look so cool rolling up in the caravan, you know, in high school. I was grateful they let me use it. I was grateful that I could have, until I got my, my, my own vehicle, but there I was. Then I realized, hey, I could fit a lot of my friends in this car. Go around cruising. I'd like to think I made the caravan cool, but I didn't. And yet we would pack in there. So we would have this time of prayer, and Lorianne and I began to pray in, in, in that need of a, a vehicle blessing, that God will answer our prayer, and we just need a vehicle blessing to happen. And God, you'll provide the vehicle that will make a way to get us from point A to point B because we have nothing and we need your help in this, and we trust you, God, that you're going to provide. And in, my, in my, my humility, I cry out to God, and I said, Lord, even if you provide a caravan, that would be great. I gotta humble myself a little bit. Now, you gotta remember, I have no kids. We're married, it's just two of us. 
even if it's a caravan. You know what I drove for the next 10 years? A caravan. <laughs> that God provided an astrovan, a caravan. Still didn't have kids. I'm driving around in all these vans. It's just enough to get from point A to point B. God hears our prayers, and he will answer. Foolish of me, I was like, should have been, Lord, I want a 1968 GT350. I prayed wrong. I missed the prayer. So I'll even tell my humble self, whatever you want to give me, Lord, you know, but he will answer us. That's a promise. John 15, 7 says, if you abide in me, my, my word abides in you. You will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. It'll be answered the way he will answer it. Yes, no, and wait. Number five, promise I will provide for you. That he's our provider. See, we may not have what we want, but we will always have what we need. Amen. And we look to ourselves. When we look for other people in our lives to provide for us, we'll always remain in need. We'll always stay in need. And the needs we have can be serious. But the promise is he knows our needs. And the Lord will provide. But we have to trust in that promise that I'll provide for you, that he makes for us, that my hope is in that promise, Philippians 4.19, and my God, come on church, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I have hope because he's my provider and he's made that promise. Six, I will give you peace. And he makes a promise that he will give us peace. To truly know peace is to know Christ. That's, he's the prince of what? Peace. So where does peace come from? Christ. Comes from Jesus. That he brings us that peace. And there's nothing as good as knowing God's peace in our lives. Nothing. Nothing is good. See, his peace conquers our chaos. And we have to allow that peace into our lives. That it's that perfect peace that he brings into our lives. And that peace is what conquers the chaos that's going on in our lives. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Why? Because it's his peace that comes in the midst of that. And having the Lord's peace in our life is what makes us steadfast through our trials. It's his peace. See, the world has a peace to offer. It's not the same peace. That peace will never fill that need. That peace is not going to remedy the problem. It's his peace that will come in place of it. It's his peace that lets us remain steadfast through the chaos, through the storm through the circumstance, through the affliction. That's where the peace comes. And he brings that peace into our lives. It's a promise that he gives that I will give you peace. Philippians 4, 7 says, And the peace of what? God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and minds through Christ Jesus. It's a peace that goes beyond all understanding. He's the Prince of Peace. He promises he will give you peace. I have hope because of that promise of peace that he gives me in my life. Seven, I will always love you. That's a promise. God's love for us, guess what? Is never-ending. God loves us just the way we are, but he loves us too much to leave us the way we are. 
that, that God loved me when I thought I was the furthest point from God possible. When I, when I rejected Him, when I chose sin over a relationship with Him, when I was the furthest point where I believed and was convinced by the enemy that I deserved hell, God loved me. And God met me in that moment, that love sustained. And you know what? As much as He loved me then, He loves me the same now. It's the same steadfast love. Because He promised, I will always love you. I will love you now, no matter how far away that you might feel. His love is real. And it's, and it's there. The difference is, will I, will, I, will I walk in that love? Will I respond to that love? See, God's love, God is love. And his love is eternal. His love is pure. It's willful. It's sacrificial. It's intentional. And it's transforming. And he promises, I will always love you. He promises that love. Romans 8, 38 through 39. Paul continues, For I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor anything, any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And what we have to realize is nothing, 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 nothing can separate you from that love. Nothing. Because it's a promise. I will always love you. The only thing that separates you from that love is whether, whether you really want to know how much he loves you or receive that or believe the schemes of the enemy who would try to separate you from that love. But he promises, and I have hope. Why? Because he said, I will always love you. See, Christian hope is no longer a passion for the possible. It becomes a passion for the promise he has made to us. And he gives us these promises. He promises, I'll be with you. He promises I'll protect you. He promises I'll strengthen you. He promises I will answer you. He promises I'll provide for you. I will give you peace. He promises that I will always love you. Our hope is based on God's promises to us. And our hope is certain. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. And I just want to speak to you right now and those as we're praying, as sitting here in person, you're at home and you're feeling hopeless right now. And the enemy has come. Maybe you're having a bout with depression and there's a heaviness or a relationship problem or a stronghold or an addiction that's going on in your life and somehow your hope is wishful, not certain. What I want to tell you right now is your hope can be certain in Christ Jesus. And he wants to meet you in your hopelessness right now. He wants to love, show you that love that never fails right now. But we have to respond to that love. And um, we have to make a decision in our heart to surrender from those areas of our life and begin to walk in this new life that he promises. That he went to a cross for my sin, that I could be reconciled to him, that he conquered the grave. He conquered death so that we can have an eternal life with him. Now to know him that way, I don't know everyone's heart. But I want to give you a chance to pray, to let him in your life that way, and you'll have a hope that is certain. So if you want to pray with me to know Christ in that way, what I'll ask you is just repeat these words after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. I thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. 
I open my heart and I ask you to come in. Take control of my life. Make me the person you want me to be. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now if you prayed that you're sitting here on your way out, let a host know by a kiosk. If you're watching online right now on any one of our platforms, if you're on our campus, you can click a button and let us know you prayed or you can contact us through the website and send us a message. Say, you know, I was watching on another platform and I prayed that. Why? Because we're committed as a people of God to help you on that pathway of discipleship because I want to see you grow in God's purpose and plans for your life. Amen? Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Acknowledge one another with a sign of God's peace. Amen.